Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. Easter is an epic story, and that kind of music uh, either makes me want to fight (laughs) or makes me want to tell you the story of this epic... um, Turn to Matthew chapter 12, uh, 17, I'm sorry. I can't do it justice explaining it to you. Let's read it. Matthew chapter 17 first. We are uh, we're examining the foundations of the faith. We have been for the last several weeks. We began in week one with looking at the inerrancy of Scripture and how if the Scripture isn't true, then the rest of what we believe can be called into question and should, actually. We talked in week two about our eternal security, in week three, about the priesthood of believers, our access to God anytime, anywhere, all of him, all the time. Week four, about his divine conception. And last week, about his crucifixion. All of those things have been called into question by the elite of our culture, who can't get beyond the supernatural nature of these things sometimes. The resurrection is also one of those truths as well. But everybody involved in this story has a testimony about it has a story to tell about it, their their involvement in this epic story. Uh, Let's look at Jesus' testimony first in in, uh, Matthew chapter 17, verses 22 and 23. It says this, When they came together in Galilee, he said to them, The Son of Man is going to be delivered over to human hands. He'll be killed, and on the third day, he'll be raised to life. And the disciples are filled with grief. This is Jesus' testimony, his, his prophecy uh, about this resurrection testimony. He'll be killed and handed over the third day, raised to life, he says here. He's testifying and prophesying about himself, about his own death, burial, and resurrection. And he wasn't the only one who prophesied about it. David in Psalm 61 uh, tells us that same story. The prophet Hosea prophesies about this in, in Hosea chapter 6. But if you read the preceding verses of Matthew 17 here, you'll see that Jesus takes the opportunity to tell them about his death, burial, and resurrection and because the confidence of the disciples was shaken. The previous verses tell us that they they tried to cast out a demon out of a a demonic person and was unable to do so. Uh, Didn't have the power to do so, they thought. And he tells them it's a faith issue. It's an issue of your faith. And so he tells them this story, I think, to to prepare them for their faith journey and they're going to have to have some faith to believe in the resurrection. He knows that and is sowing the seed in him ahead of time. Uh, this this uh, demon-possessed uh, boy, could not, demon could not be cast out, and they come to Jesus for answers. He gives them the answer, not a, an answer, but the answer. He tells them they're going to have to have a stronger faith. And as he tells them, it's, this is the mustard seed story ahead of these verses we just read. If you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can tell that mountain be cast into the sea. And it'll be gone in front of your very eyes. Uh, then, after a little travel time from Caesarea Philippi to Galilee, he lets, him, lets this stew a little bit and then tells him, reiterates this, this story for the second time in his, in his many days that he was going to die and be buried and be resurrected again the third day. Um, this is a faith builder lesson for, the, for these disciples. I wonder 
how many hard places you've walked in your life that, that has, in the midst of it, you can't see your faith being built. But backing off and taking a 30,000 foot view of it, you can see, oh, that's what that was about. I see it now that I couldn't see then. This is what God was doing. He was trying to refine me, get me to see part of his nature that I would not have otherwise seen apart from that faith building lesson, apart from that situation, that valley, that hard place, that difficult time. Jesus was the truth, and he was testifying to the truth about his resurrection here. Now, turn to Matthew chapter 28. That's where we're going to spend the bulk of our time today. Matthew 28, verses 1 to 15 says this, after the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were as white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid. For I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He is risen. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He is risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you'll see him. Now I've told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. While the women were on their way, some of the guards went to the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. When the chief priests had met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, you were to say, his disciples came during the night, and stole him away while we were asleep. If this report gets to the governor, we'll satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. Well, the first testimony we looked at was the testimony and prophecy of Jesus. The second I want us to see from Matthew 28 is the testimony of the angel. Look at what the angel says here in verse 6. He said, he is not here, he is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. He's not here. He's risen just as, as he said he would, and he had told him, told him earlier that it, that was going to happen. So this is the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy and, and of Jesus' prophecy as well. Now, once these women get over the shock and awe of, of what happened there, um, the angel starts to, 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 to teach them and tell them some things. They witness an earthquake, an open tomb. They walk up on this scene where it appears the guards are dead, and here sitting on the stone, on top of this stone with his very own light show that he brought with him, is this angel. And I don't, I'm, I may be looking at this totally wrong, but I don't see him, I see the glory around him, but I don't see him as having this take charge mentality. He may have, I may be totally wrong about that. I kind of see him, hey, he, he just did what he said he was going to do. Why the shock and all? Now, I may be totally wrong about that, but I, 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 I don't think they, I don't think they're standing and listening to to an angel speak to them who is oh, one of those kind of angels. I think this story is about uh, 
a faith-building situation to where their faith grows as a result of what they hear, what they see, what they experience. And so he wanted them to get it. So he, he goes about teaching them, inviting them, and charging them. He taught them that Jesus had executed what he said. He was exactly what he said he was going to do. He invited them into, the, in, into witness the evidence for themselves. Come in and look, 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 see for yourself what's, what's going on here. The blood-stained garments are still hanging inside the tomb. Then the angel gave them a charge in the last part of verse 6 to, to go and tell. Tell what? Well, tell that he is risen from the dead and you're going to see him again. He's risen from the dead, you're going to see him again. You know what believers all over the world and believers here at Crosspoint need to know and need to hear today? He's risen from the dead and you're going to see him again. The angel didn't just witness this. He was an integral part of the story. In fact, what he teaches them about himself and about Jesus' prophecy of himself is pivotal, not just in these ladies' lives, but in the stories they tell and in the life of the early church itself. We're going to find out. He was an integral part of the story, and he bore witness to the truth of the resurrection to these ladies. Testimony of Jesus, testimony of the angel. Thirdly, there's the testimony of the women. Look with me again at verse 8, if you will. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Heard, hurried away, ran to tell his disciples. I think these women couldn't get away from the tomb fast enough. I, I think the adrenaline in them was, was, um, was pretty palatable. Uh, you ever been chased and feel like you're running from your life or for your life from somebody? Uh, me too. My wife and daughter were cringing about to tell this story again. A couple of you probably heard it. When I was a boy about 11 or 12 years old, on an August afternoon, we had a huge oak tree in front of our yard, in the front yard of our house, and me and a couple of two or three friends gathered acorns in our T-shirt off the ground, filled our T-shirt up with acorns, and we were throwing them at each other. We used to do that for fun. It was... This is before <clears throat> we, before kids played with their thumbs in video games. We actually had to go outside and think of something to play. So we got acorns to throw at each other. We got bored at that after a while. And decided to throw them at cars going down the street. So we ducked down beside the bank, behind the bank, beside my house. And as a car would come down the street, we'd all raise up. Duck back down. Well... It was a season where acorns were dropping from trees, and most drivers thought, this is acorns dropping off the trees and hitting my car. This white Pontiac, huge Pontiac, comes down the street. We raise up, duck back down. Our friend Rod says, I think mine went in the window. Well, the car gets down in front of my next door neighbor's house. Brake lights come on, reverse lights come on. We're booking out of there as fast as we can go. <laughs> it was shoe soles and elbows is all you could see. We were in, we were in as fast as we could. We get behind my neighbor's hedge in the alley behind his house, duck down, and sure enough, the guy gets out of his car and walks down my driveway. He's standing in my backyard with his hands on his hips looking around. We're all down behind the hedges. I said, guys, he's in the backyard. Stay down. 
My cousin Jeff stands up and says, where? <laughs> well, here he comes. We're getting as fast as we can down the alley. Jeff and I cut to the left, circle back to his house and my house. The guy chases down our two friends, one of them, who takes him to the other one's house. And uh, <clears throat> he's come to find out he's an off-duty police officer. <clears throat> and they put a good scare in my, in my friend Rod's life. Rod's dad just said, you know, just take him to jail. Take him to jail, put him under the jail. He, he's, he needs to learn a lesson. And, and in fact, I think it was Rod's idea that we throw acorns at cars that day. If I'm not, it, Rod's gone to be with Jesus, so he can't defend himself here today. But I think it was actually, actually his idea. And he was the one that, that hit this guy in the neck. But, I mean, we were running for our lives that day. And he was gaining on us as we decided to cut off and do something else. I, I see that same situation in, in these ladies' lives. They're, man, what we've seen, what we've experienced, what we've, saw, what we've been told, can all of that be true? Can any of it be true? Can I trust any of it? Their testimony was what sets up the early church. Their testimony to go back to the disciples in Bethany and tell them the story. They were, they were most of them hiding out in, in Mary and Martha's house in Bethany. So they go back to, t- to tell this story, but on their way back, they encounter Jesus. He, he meets them on the way and tells them in verse 10 to do exactly the same thing that the angel told them to do. He's, the angel said, you know, go and tell the disciples. Jesus meets them on the way and says, here's another thing that I imagine it may be totally wrong too. People think this greeting was, Jesus was, see this aura about him, greetings, he says in verse 10. And he never says that at all in scripture that I can find until you read this epic story. Greetings. I don't see that at all. I find Jesus standing by the path they're walking down beside. Hey, greetings. It's the Lord. They fall at his feet, begin to worship him. Um, he is, he, 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 as I said, tells them, uh, in fact, in another, in another gospel, he tells them, don't cling to me. I'm not, I'm not gone to be glorified yet. So, so don't, don't hang on to me very long. But he tells them in both gospels that I'm referring to, Get up and go and tell the story. Go and tell. You know what they do? They get up and go and tell. Exactly what he told them to do. That's uh, uh, is th- that, that kind of contact, uh, who they came in contact with in terms of the angel and, and Jesus himself, changed them forever. And that's the kind of encounter. I guarantee you, you couldn't keep it to yourself. And I couldn't either. That's the story we would have to tell. These women became a part of the story. They became a part of the narrative, became a part of this epic event. And by design, uh, God worked them into the story to, to tell their story about what, what went on there. So their, 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 their testimony is real and, and life-changing and, and changes for us eternity because they were there and part of the story. So that's their testimony of the women. Where there's a testimony prophecy of Jesus, the testimony of the angel, Testimony of the women, and finally the testimony we see here of the guards in verse 11. Turn to verse 11. Let's look at their, their story. While the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priest everything that had happened. First, notice that these, these Roman guards don't go back to Pilate, who was the very one who told them, go guard the tomb. Put a seal on it so that nobody gets in there. You go and guard the tomb. They were there overnight. They don't go back to him. I think they don't go back to him because they're afraid they're going to lose their job if they do. And there's a possibility of their being put to death as well. 
so they, in, instead they testify to the Jewish chief priests. These are the members of the Sanhedrin, the legal side of, of the Jewish uh, culture that, that, in that day and time. And the guys of the Sanhedrin pay them, as, as we just read, a large sum of money. Here's what you're to say. You're to say the disciples came and stole, this, stole the body away, and here's, here's some money for you to keep your mouth shut and not, and not tell the truth. Uh, isn't it ironic that law enforcement people in our day and soldiers in our day that witness death, and sometimes a lot of it, are haunted by that for the rest of their lives. And here, these soldiers are haunted by the fact that death is not the end. They're haunted by the fact they can't tell the story that life is after death. There's, there's life after death. We've seen it. We've experienced it. We, 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 uh, we saw the angel. We saw, saw Jesus come out of the tomb. We, they experienced this whole story. Um, it's, a, it's a story that they likely longed to tell their whole lives and probably told a few, a few, a few friends, but never became public with. And I, I think that story and the money that they got for it probably haunted them for the rest of their days. But they, they saw the truth, and they had a testimony to tell. As I say, I think they likely told that story again and again. We looked at last week how the soldier by the cross was compelled to tell his testimony as well, that the crucifixion is real. Here's Jesus, here's the angel, here's the women, here's the guards telling their testimony, the resurrection is real. I saw it. I witnessed it. I was there. Well, an observation and question as we wrap up. The observation is this, obviously, if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have become a part of the resurrection story, whether you realize it or not. If you know him as your Savior, you've been grafted into the family. And what you have accepted to be true is not just his death and burial, but the resurrection on the third day. You've accepted that to be true, knowing that because that's the case, he's, you're going to be resurrected as well. And because he lived and lives, you're going to live again as well. You become a part of that re resurrection story, and that's an epic story to tell. It's an epic story to be a part of. I hope you see that and sense that here on Easter Sunday. That's a story that's foundational to the faith, your faith, my faith, every Christ follower's faith. But the question I want to leave you with is this. What part of that story are you testifying to? What part of it are you testifying to? All of it? None of it? Some of it? Uh, make no mistake, your life is telling a story. It's saying something for you on your behalf. What is it saying? What's your life testifying to? Testifying to your job, your family, your kids, your grandkids, a hobby, something else you love, some toys. What's your life testimony to? People are seeing it and reading it. I wonder what they're seeing and reading from you. Just like the angel and the women and the guards, they, could, they were compelled because of what they've been a part of. When God's brought you into his family and has made you a part of his epic story, I wonder what part of it you're telling, if at all. Uh, I hope one of these days when I'm dead and gone, somebody doesn't stand over my casket and say, man, he was a good man. I hope it is something to the effect of, he looked like Jesus. I hope that's, I hope that's what you want as well. When, when someone's standing over your dead body, to say, their life was a testimony that Jesus was alive. 
that Jesus lives because he lived in, I saw him in them. I saw him in her life. I saw him in his life. Their life is a testimony that the Lord lives. He's a, he's a risen Savior. Epic stories have to be told. They can't be kept silent. They have to be told. And yours does as well. I encourage you today to tell that story with some intentionality. Don't just let it creep up on you and respond to someone's question. Initiate the conversation. Jesus is alive. And he's alive in you if you know him. If you don't, don't leave here today without him. Graft yourself into that story today before you leave. Make, make, make your, your, increase your family today to, to, to the family of God before you leave this place. Um, there's power in stories. Jesus was a great storyteller. Uh, we're going to, uh, later on this year, get in, into some of the parables, that stories that he told and, and the significance of those. But see yourself as a part of this epic story of his resurrection today because you are, because of that, you, you're going to be resurrected again yourself one of these days. And uh, I hope as, as you're looking forward to that day, that story, that, that anticipation of it is being told again and again and again. Let's pray. Father, the grave clothes still lie inside the tomb. But you're not there. You're here today. You're in this room. You're in the hearts of, of believers in this camp inside this room today. And it's not because we're worthy of your presence. It's because you promised to be here when we gathered together in your name. And here we are. We've come to see you, to sense you, to know you, to be touched by you. And we've done all those things today. Not because we're worthy, but because you choose to be here as a result of your promise. Now, Here's our challenge, to take you from this room into every, every other room we walk into this week, to take you from this place to those places. So would what you have done in our hearts today, supernaturally, that only you can do, would that find its way out of the cracks of our conversations this week? Would it find its way into our attitudes we have found this way even into our expressions, uh, our, emo our emotions, what we sense and feel and know to be true. We have found its way into how we parent our kids. We have found its way into what we do with money. We have found its way into our work ethic. We have found its way into relationships with friends. We have found its way into every part of our life because we're part of an epic story a story that needs to be told again and again and again. People who witnessed your re resurrection told the story and we're telling it again today because it's true. We've sensed it. We've read it. We've heard the testimony ourselves and we're living it. And because of that, we're going to live again as well. Help us to walk out the truth of that truth today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Crosspoint Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.